Hare Krishna everyone, um, we apologize for the absence of yesterday's episode due to technical difficulties we faced. So, we're continuing to read teachings of Lord Chaitanya by His Divine Grace, Srila A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami Prabhupada. Thus, the expansions of Krishna in various forms as described herein, as well as His various abodes on the spiritual planets in the spiritual sky, are unlimited. Even demigods like Brahma and Shiva cannot see the Vaikuntha planets or even estimate their number or vast extent. This is confirmed in Srimad Bhagavatam 10.14.21. No one can estimate the length and breadth of all the Vaikuntha planets. Elsewhere, in the Bhagavatam 2.7.41, it is stated that not only are the demigods like Brahma and Shiva are unable to make such an estimate, but even Ananta, the incarnation of the Lord's opulence of strength, cannot ascertain any limit to the Lord's potency or to the area of the different Vaikuntha planets. Again, Srimad Bhagavatam 10.14.21 One of the prayers of Brahma is very convincing in this connection. Quote, O my dear Lord, O Supreme Personality of Godhead, O Super Soul, O Master of all mystic powers, no one can know or explain the extent of your Vaikuntha planets or how you expand your yoga maya energy throughout the three worlds." Unquote. Jai. And a few verses earlier, Srimad Bhagavatam 10.14.7 Brahma prays. Gunat manaste pi gunan vimatum Hita vatirnasya ka ishiresya Kalina yarva vimita su kalpair Bhupam shavakhe mihika dubhasa Quote, scientists and learned men cannot even measure the atomic constitution of a single planet. Even if they could count the molecules of snow in the sky or the number of stars in space, they could not understand how you descend to this earth or in this universe with your innumerable transcendental potencies and qualities." Unquote. In Srimad Bhagavatam 2.7.41, Lord Brahma informs Narada that none of the great sages born before Narada, including Brahma himself, can measure the extent of the Lord's, the Supreme Lord's, potencies. Indeed, Brahma declared that even Ananta, with his thousands of tongues, fails when he tries to fully describe the Lord's energies. Haribo! 
Similarly, in Srimad Bhagavatam 10.87.41, the personified Vedas pray. I really love the prayers of personified Vedas in Bhagavatam, in Krishna book. It's just something phenomenal. Mm. The, the meter though is very <laughs> difficult. So let's see. Um, Dupataya heva tenaya yurantamanantataya Tvamapiya dantaranda nichayanano savarana Kaivarajam sivanti vayasa sahayat shrutayas Tvayihi falantyatan nirasanena bhavanidhanaha Quote my Lord, you are unlimited, and therefore no one can measure the extent of your potencies. I think that even you do not know the range of your energies. An unlimited number of planets float in the sky just like atoms. And great Vedantists who are engaged in search, in research, to find you, discover that everything is different from you. At last, they conclude that you are everything." Unquote. When Lord Krishna was within this universe, Brahma prayed. Oh no, Brahma played. He played a trick on him in order to confirm that the special coward boy in Vrindavan was actually Krishna himself. By his mystic power, Brahma stole all the cows, calves, and coward friends of Krishna and hid them. But when Brahma returned to see what Krishna was doing alone, he saw that Krishna was still playing with the same cows, calves, and coward boys. But his Vaikuntha potency by his Vaikuntha potency, Lord Krishna had expanded all the stolen cows, calves, and friends. Indeed, Brahma saw millions and billions of them, and he also saw millions and billions of herding sticks and fruits, lotus flowers, and horns. All the coward boys were wearing different clothes and ornaments, and no one could count their vast numbers. Then Brahma saw each of them, each of the coward boys, become a four-handed Narayana. And he also saw innumerable Brahmas from different universes offering obeisances to the Lord. He saw that all these personalities were emanating from the body of Krishna and, after a second, entering into his body. Lord Brahma became struck with wonder by this extraordinary feat of Krishna's and in a prayer he stated that although anyone and everyone could say that they knew all about Krishna, as far as he was concerned, he did not know anything about him. My dear Lord, he said, the potencies and opulences you have exhibited just now 
are beyond the ability of my mind to understand. Lord Chaitanya further explained that not only is the potency of Krishna Loka limitless, but so also is that of Vrindavan, Lord Krishna's abode on this planet. From one point of view, Vrindavan is about 32 square miles in area. Yet, in one part of this Vrindavan, all the Vaikunthas exist. The area of the present-day Vrindavan consists, contains 12 forests and covers about 84 kroshas, or 168 miles in area. And Vrindavan city is estimated to be about 16 kroshas, or 32 square miles. How all the Vaikunthas can exist there is beyond material calculation. Thus, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu concluded that the potencies and opulences of Krishna are unlimited. Whatever he told Sanatana Goswami was only partial. But by such a partial presentation, one can try to imagine the whole. While Lord Chaitanya was speaking to Sanatana Goswami about the opulences of Krishna, he became deeply immersed in ecstasy, and in that transcendental state, he recited a verse from Srimad Bhagavatam 3.2.21 in which Uddhava, after the disappearance of Krishna, told Vidura Svayam tvasam yati shayas tradishaha Svarajya lakshmyapta samastakama Balim bhishchira loka palaye Quote, Krishna is the master of all demigods, including Lord Brahma, Lord Shiva, and the expansion of Vishnu within this universe. Therefore, no one is equal to or greater than him, and he is full in six opulences. All the demigods engaged in the administration of each universe offer their respectful obeisances unto him. Indeed, the helmets on their heads are beautiful because they are decorated with the imprints of the lotus feet of the Supreme Lord." Unquote. It is similarly stated in the Brahma Samhita 5.1 that Krishna is the Supreme Personality of Godhead and no one can be equal to or greater than Him. That is Brahma's conclusion. Although the universal rulers Brahma, Shiva and Vishnu are masters of each and every universe, they too are servants of the Supreme Lord Krishna. As the cause of all causes, Lord Krishna is also the cause of Mahavishnu and first of the incarnation who control this material creation. 
from Mahavishnu come Garbhatakashaya Vishnu and Kshiradakashaya Vishnu. Thus, Krishna is the master of Garbhadakashaya Vishnu and Kshiradakashaya Vishnu. And he is also the super soul within every living entity in the universe. The Brahma Samhita 5.48 states By Mahavishnu's breathing, innumerable universes are produced. In each universe, there are innumerable Vishnu tattvas. But it should be understood that Lord Krishna is the master of them all and that they are but his partial planetary expansions. From the revealed scriptures it is understood that Krishna lives in three transcendental places. His most confidential residence is Galoka Vrindavan. It is there that he stays with his father, mother and friends, exhibits his transcendental relationships and bestows his mercy upon his eternal entourage. There, Yoga Maya acts as his maidservant in the Rasa Lila dance. The residents of Rajabhumi think the Lord is glorified by particles of His transcendental mercy and affection, and due to His merciful existence we, the residents of Vrindavan, have not the slightest anxiety. As stated in the Brahma Samhita 5.43, in the spiritual sky all the Vaikuntha planets which make up Vishnu Loka, are below the planet known as Krishna Loka, Galoka Vrindavan. Haribo! On that supreme planet, the Lord enjoys his transcendental bliss in multiple forms, and all the opulences of the Vaikunthas are fully displayed on that one planet. Like Krishna, his associates are also full with six opulences. In the Padma Purana Uttarakhanda 255.57, it is stated that the material energy and the spiritual energy are separated by the Viraja River. That river flows from the perspiration of the first Purusha incarnation. On the far bank of the Viraja is the eternal nature, unlimited and all blissful, called the spiritual sky, the spiritual kingdom, or the kingdom of God. Hmm. Viraja River, and earlier in previous episodes we also read that Viraja River is sometimes called Viraja Ocean, the causal ocean. The spiritual planets are called Vaikunthas because there is no lamentation or fear there, and everything is eternal. The spiritual world has been calculated to comprise three-fourths of the energies of the Supreme Lord, 
and the material world comprises one-fourth. But one, but no one, but no one can understand what that three-fourths is, since even this material universe cannot be described. Trying to convey to Sanatana Goswami something of the extent of this display of one-fourths of Krishna's energy, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu next cited an incident from the scriptures in which Brahma, the lord of this universe, came to see Krishna at Dvaraka. When Brahma, the first created being in the universe, approached Krishna, the doorman informed Krishna that Brahma had arrived to see him. Upon hearing this, Krishna inquired as to which Brahma had come. And the doorman returned to Brahma and asked, uh, Which Brahma are you? Krishna has asked. Brahma was struck with wonder. Why did Krishna ask such a question? Brahma informed the doorman. Please tell him that the Brahma who is the father of the four Kumaras and who has four heads has come to see him. The doorman informed Krishna and then asked Brahma to come inside. Brahma offered his obeisances unto the lotus feet of Krishna. And after Krishna had received him with all honor, the Lord asked him why he had come. I shall tell you of my purpose in coming here, Lord Brahma replied, but first mm, I ask you to kindly remove a doubt I have. Your doorman told me that you asked which Brahma had come to see you. May I inquire if there are other Brahmas besides me? Upon hearing this, Krishna smiled and at once called for many Brahmas from many other universes. The four-headed Brahma then saw many other Brahmas coming to see Krishna and offer their respects. Some of them had ten heads, some had twenty, some had a hundred, and some even had a million heads. Can you imagine million heads? Million is a very, very, very big number, by the way. <laughs> Like sometimes we think that 1,000 is a lot, like 10,000 is like ridiculously a lot, 500,000 is like, that's too much, 1 million heads, wow. Mm -hmm. Indeed, the four-headed Brahma could not even count the Brahmas who came to offer their obeisances to Krishna. Krishna then called many other demigods from various universes and they all came to offer their respects to the Lord. Upon seeing this wonderful exhibition by Krishna, the four-headed Brahma became nervous and began to think he was just like a mosquito in the midst of the many elephants. Since so many demigods were offering obeisances, unto the lotus feet of Krishna, Brahma concluded that no one can measure Krishna's unlimited potency. 
all the helmets of the various demigods and Brahmas shone brightly in the assembly. And when the helmets struck one another as the demigods offered obeisances, the helmets seemed to make a great sound of prayer. Dear Lord, the demigods said, it is your great mercy upon us that you have called us to see you. Is there any particular order? If so, we will carry it out at once. There is nothing especially required of you, Lord Krishna replied. I only wanted to see you all together at one time. I offer my blessings to you. Don't be afraid of the demons. <laughs> Interesting reply. By your mercy everything is alright, they all replied. There is no disturbances at present, for by appearing on the earth you have vanquished everything inauspicious. As each Brahma saw Krishna, each thought that Krishna was only within his universe. After this incident, Krishna wished all the Brahmas farewell, and after offering respect to him, they returned to their respective universes. This is actually a very interesting point that each Brahma saw Krishna and each thought that Krishna was only within his universe. If I'm not mistaken, in Krishna book it's described that when Lord Brahma was seeing this exhibition of many, many, many Brahmas, they could not see this forehead, our foreheaded Brahma. So it's like Krishna played with the dimensions, the dimensions, like different um, like perspectives were like how how do I even explain it in English? It's, it's unexplainable. <laughs> it's beyond our explanation that um, <clears throat> many living entities can be together with Krishna, each thinking that he is alone with Krishna, and Lord Brahma seeing all of them together with Krishna, and Krishna interacting with them personally. And it's uh, it's Hare Krishna. <laughs> so <clears throat> just it's wonderful. That's all we can say. Where did I stop? <laughs> yes. As each Brahma saw Krishna, each thought that Krishna was only within his universe. After this incident, Krishna wished all the Brahmas farewell. And after offering res respects to him, they returned to their respective universes. Upon seeing this, the four-headed Brahma at once fell down at the feet of Krishna and said, What I thought about you before was all nonsense. People may say they know you perfectly, but as far as I am concerned, I cannot begin to conceive how great you are. You are beyond my understanding. Krishna then informed him, this particular universe is only 4,000 million miles across, but there are many millions and billions of universes which are far, far greater than this one. Some of these are many trillions of miles across, and all these universes require strong Brahmas with many more than four heads. Krishna further informed Brahma, this material creation is only one quarter of my creative pot potency. 
three quarters is in the spiritual kingdom. The four-headed Brahma then offered obeisances to Krishna and departed, now understanding the meaning of the Lord's three quarters energy. The Lord is known as Triadhishvara, a name indicating his principal abodes, Galoka, Gokula, sorry, Gakula, Madhura, and Dvaraka. These three abodes are full of opulences, and Lord Krishna is the master of all of them. Situated as he is, in his transcendental potency. Lord Krishna, the master of all transcendental energies, is thus full with six opulences. And because he is the master of all opulences, all the Vedic literatures acclaim him as the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Lord Chaitanya then sang a nice song to Sanatana Goswami about the opulences of Krishna. Quote, All the pastimes of Krishna are exactly like the activities of human beings. Therefore, it is to be understood that his form is like that of a human being. Indeed, the human form is an imitation of his form. <laughs> so our human form is an imitation of Krishna's human form. Krishna is dressed just like a coward boy. He has a flute in his hand and he seems to be just like a newly grown youth. He is always playful and he plays just like an ordinary boy. Unquote. Thus Lord Chaitanya began telling Sanatana Goswami about the beautiful aspects of Krishna. The Lord said that anyone who understands these beautiful qualities is dipped into an ocean of nectar. Krishna's Yoga Maya potency is transcendental, beyond the material energy, but the Lord exhibits his transcendental potency even within this material world just to satisfy his confidential devotees. In other words, Krishna appears in the material world to satisfy his devotees. His qualities are so attractive that Krishna himself becomes eager to understand himself. When he is fully decorated and stands with his body curved in three ways, with his eyebrows always moving and his eyes so attractive, the gopis become enchanted. His special abode is at the top of the spiritual sky and he resides there with his associates. The coward boys, the gopis and all the goddesses of fortune. It is there that he is known as Madana Mohana. There, all the many different pastimes of Krishna, such as his pastimes in the forms of Vasudeva and Sankarsana. 
In Material Sky he performs pastimes as the first Purusha incarnation, the creator of the material world. There are also pastimes in which he incarnates as a fish or a tortoise or takes the forms of Lord Brahma and Lord Shiva, incarnations of the material qualities. In his pastimes as an empowered incarnation, he takes the form of King Prithu and he also performs pastimes as the super soul in everyone's heart and as an impersonal Brahman as well. Among Krishna's innumerable pastimes, however, the most important are his human-like activities. Human-like activities frolicking in Vrindavan, dancing with the gopis, playing with the Pandavas on the battlefield of Kurukshetra, and playing in Mathura and Dwaraka. And his most important pastimes in the human form are those in which he appears as a coward boy, a newly grown youth who plays a flute. Just a partial manifestation of his pastimes in Galoka, in Gakula, Mathura or Dvaravati or Dvaraka can overflood the whole universe with love of Godhead. Jai. Everyone can be attracted by the beautiful qualities of Krishna. How deep this is. Just a partial manifestation of his pastimes in Galoka can overflood the whole universe with love of Godhead. The manifestation of Krishna's internal, internal potency, Yoga Maya, is not exhibited in the part of the kingdom of God comprising the Vaikuntha planets. But Krishna does exhibit that internal potency within the universe when he descends, descends from his personal abode out of his inconceivable mercy. Krishna is so wonderful and attractive that he himself becomes attracted by his own beauty. And this is proof that he is full of all inconceivable opulences, inconceivable potencies and opulences, right? <laughs> yeah. As far as the ornaments decorating Krishna's body are concerned, it appears that they do, do not do not beautify him, but that they themselves become beautiful simply by being on his body. Always standing in a tree-curved way, he attracts all living entities, including the demigods. Indeed, he even attracts the Narayana form who presides in every Vaikuntha planet.
So the ornaments decorating Krishna's body, they appear to be beautiful because they do not beautify Krishna, but they themselves become beautiful just by being on his body. And with that note, we completed chapter number 9. Today, episode numbers were 401 and 402. Yes, so, and tomorrow we are reading chapter number 10, The Beauty of Krishna. <laughs> Hare Krishna. So, thank you so much for tuning in today. The link to this book is in the description. Please check out our website, shravanamdiaries.com. This was Shravanam Diaries podcast, and this was your host, Sulalita Devidasi. Hats off. Hare Krishna Dandavats.